Welcome to part two of our first half 2023 market outlook. Recall we titled this the old normal. Why? Because after close to 12 years of generous Federal Reserve monetary policies brought around by the financial crisis in 2008 and 2009, central banks around the world are reverting to their old ways of allowing business cycles, both good and bad, to play themselves out. I'm Chris Parrish, Chief Investment Officer at Oak Covers Financial Group, or a retirement planning and investment management advisor located in Houston, Texas. As for the public financial markets, for the first half of 2023, let's start with fixed income and bonds. After 10 years of suppressing yields through QE, that's quantitative easing, the Federal Reserve has once again reversed course. It started selling bonds and letting its balance sheet shrink. Take a look at the chart from Bianco Research of how historically bad 2022 was versus other years for global bond returns. Down minus 16.4% on the Bloomberg Global Bond Index. It was a horrific year for most bond markets. That's over three times worse than the minus 5.2% return in 1999, which was the second worst return in the last 30 years. The good news is that the expected return increase from lower price levels and the chart from 2022, the lower bold line, looks like it's starting to form a reverse head and shoulders bottoming pattern in this amateur chartist's opinion. Many public fixed income investments look attractive to the Oak Harvest team for the first time in years. With yields having risen dramatically in 2022, Bond yields are now offering fixed income investors and retirees decent yields for income generation. Shorter term government bonds, investment grade credit, and municipal bonds look very attractive now, as all should hold up better in either a first half 2023 economic slowdown or a Fed-induced recession. Inflation should continue dropping throughout the first half of 2023, but it's likely to remain above the Fed's 2% goal due to demographic factors. While longer-term government yields have risen, keeping duration and maturity shorter in government bonds still makes sense to us, given the likelihood of ongoing volatility in government bond markets in the first half of 2023. When contemplating asset allocation strategies, including both stocks and bonds, we messaged our thoughts on the standard 60-40 portfolio a few weeks back in our YouTube video titled, 60-40 Portfolio, Don't Give Up, Don't Ever Give Up, Jim Valvano. Having had its worst annual performance since 1937, this blended stocks and bonds strategy has been dramatically repriced in 2022 and looks to be better long-term strategy now to an even wider audience, not just those worried about income and retirement. The link to that video will be in the description below. The video is filled with some great historical stats. I know it's self-serving, but check it out. I think you'll like the content. As for equities in the first half of 2023, what's our Oak Harvest team thinking? Bluntly, it's up to the Federal Reserve. First, here's a chart of the S&P 500. Playing amateur chartists like everyone else on TV nowadays, this is an ugly chart in general. A chart of a one-year bear market since the Fed flipped more hawkishly in late November of 2021. It's down or to the right, failing at its uptrend on multiple occasions. It's generally ugly. To get bullish, chartists want to see a daily, weekly, and or monthly close above that downtrend. That downtrend now sits around 4,000 on the daily, which is coincidentally close to the 200-day moving average. Call it 3,985-ish on the weekly and the 40-week moving average around 40.30 on the monthly chart, the 20-month moving average. Optimistically speaking, one could say that much like the bond chart, the S&P 500 daily chart is trying to form a reverse head and shoulders bottoming pattern around the 3,800 region represented by the rectangle outlines on the chart. 
Unfortunately, it looks like it'll be another 48 weeks to see this play out if this is the case. Daily, weekly, and monthly closes above that downtrend levels, and particularly above cash, S&P 500, 4,100, will look to project to 4,300 sometime in the first half, according to chart technicians our team follows. But at the end of the day, through January, the first quarter in the first half of 2022, it's still up to the Federal Reserve and them controlling the real interest rate component of bonds. We've previously discussed this one. Since late December of 2021, real interest rates have risen in anticipation of Fed fighting inflation. Their actions have worked in the goods sector. Shipping costs have collapsed. Used car prices have tanked. Closer to home, literally, the housing markets have softened materially. Much higher mortgage rates weakened consumer demand in housing in 2022 and caused a rapid falloff on consumer discretionary spending for furniture and other consumer durables. However, the Fed's actions have been transmitted more slowly to the service sector where businesses hate firing trained employees. But now, even jobs and wage markets are past peak inflation. Take a look at the graph from Fidelity showing that our service economy is past its peak for the cycle. For now, our Fed is publicly messaging that they will raise rates significantly beyond the neutral level into restrictive territory and keep them there to bring service inflation down for the 2023. If they continue this aggressive path, the economy and stocks will struggle in the first half of 2023. Given their track record, particularly into year-end 2021, I'm not so certain the Fed will reach its current goal of raising rates into the five and a quarter percent range. Why? Because there's some indications the Federal Reserve wants to slow down before blowing things up in the economy and the financial markets. At the December meeting, much as they did in December of 2021, behind the scenes, the committee was not in full agreement with Chairman Powell and his own public views. Most recently, the FOMC discussed the variability and lag effect of their prior actions. For the first time in 2022, FOMC members talked about slowing down rate increases to see what was going to happen due to their prior moves in 2022. A slower Fed, post their early February meeting, would finally be a tailwind for markets in the first half of 2023. The US dollar was a massive headwind for the revenue and earnings of large cap stock indexes in the US in 2022. Take a look at the DXY index, which is the dollar versus a broad basket of other international currencies. Over the last 15 years, in 2008, during the second half of 2014 through 2016, and during all of 2022 periods, were periods of a stronger trending US dollar. Over these times, the S&P 500 was flat at best, and at worst, shows substantial declines in 2008 and 2022. The dollar looks to have completed its strong run in early October of 2022, not coincidentally, at almost the exact same time, the S&P 500 found its 2022 lows. A weaker trending US dollar in 2023 would be another welcome tailwind for large cap US equities with multinational operations. With the Fed aggressively raising rates and out publicly messaging almost daily from mid-year on in 2022, it was a year of volatility. In late 2021, our team did message to investors to expect much higher volatility in 2022. We got that and some. The year end ended with higher volatility than most expected, including our own team. The bad news, according to Matt Ceremano, there have been only three years since 1970, so yes, we did include the high inflation periods of the 70s in this data set, with as many 1% down days or more as we had in 2022. Those years were 1974 with 67 
down days greater than 1%. 2002 was 73 days, and 2008 was 75 days. These were all years, or near years, with bad and negative returns for a 60-40 portfolio. What's the good news? After dismal returns in those years, the following year's returns were all up over 20%. The S&P 500 returned a positive 32% in 1975, a period of still high inflation, a positive 26% in 2003, coming out of the dot-com bubble collapse, and positive 23% in 2009, coming out of the great financial crisis. That's the reason for some optimism for the whole of 2023. Opposite to how we closed out 2021 and entered 2022, we exit 2022 and entered 2023 with most sell-side strategists now pretty bearish on outcomes for the year and investors with our highest weightings in cash in decades. Many strategists forecast cite earnings estimate revisions for their pessimism. While earnings growth is certainly a major factor in long-term returns of equities, stocks are a discounting mechanism and most often move ahead of analyst earnings forecasts. The maximum positive earnings revision for the S&P 500 was mid-first quarter of 2021. The S&P 500 went on to gain over 30% from that point into its late 2021 peak as earnings revision momentum had peaked and was declining rapidly. Here's a great chart from JP Morgan Asset Management showing the anticipatory nature of global stocks versus earnings revisions. It shows at extremes, earnings estimate revisions are a lagging, not leading indicator. With the minus 20% decline in the S&P 500 year to date in 2022, and almost the minus 35% decline in the tech heavy NASDAQ, US stock markets are likely already factoring in news that is worse sell side analysts are forecasting. As 2022 concludes, the first half of 2023 brings us closer to the end of the Fed tightening cycle that started last March. The markets are planning for at least three more hikes in the first half of 2023. So unless the Fed watch service component of the CPI surprises to the downside, it will likely remain a volatile-laden first quarter for both stocks and bonds to begin the year. However, historically, the conclusion of a Fed rate hike cycle has been a tailwind for the markets when the Fed is finished. Although the indexes declined further following the completion of the 2000 Fed tightening cycle, the other three cycles over the last 30 years were followed by gains in the S&P 500 off the low of about 12% in 2006 to a high of 24% in 1995 over the next nine months. As we stated early in this piece, it's up to the Fed and up to the effect of real interest rates. However, I have to say this, opposite our first half 2022 outlook, where with markets near all-time highs, we urge caution, highlighted increased volatility and forecasted our first correction in years, entitled our piece, Curb Your Enthusiasm, the beginning of 2023 feels like we should swim against the tide and be more optimistic for the first half of 2023 than the herd. Don't get me wrong. We continue to expect higher than normal level of realized volatility throughout much of the first half of 2023. But we're also aware of the long-term stats of our economy and stock markets and where we stand at the beginning of the year in 2023. We stand 180 degrees opposite how we closed out 2021. Viewers, remember, recession or not, in the first half of 2023, stock markets usually start their recovery long before the NBER, National Bureau of Economic Research, declares a recession over. History shows that stock markets start to recover about six months before both their industrial production and the U.S. economy hit their troughs. Here's a great chart from Capital Research Group showing the lead and lag effect of the markets in our economy. Investing in equity markets is about time in the market 
with time horizons measured in years, not days, weeks, and months. The long-term stats are worth repeating. The average bear market lasts 13 months, a little longer than a year, with an average decline of about minus 33%. The S&P 500 peaked almost exactly 12 months ago, and our 2022 summer lows, it had declined about minus 27.5%. No doubt, 2022 was a horrible year for the overall market. However, ultimately, bear markets and recessions end. Historically, on the other side of the trough, the market's long-term rewards have far outweighed the negative experience of shorter-term downturns. Since 1950, the average bull market lasted 67 months, or nearly five and a half years, and returned about 265%. That's some compounding power. Investing in stock markets is a humbling experience. In 2022, reminded many older, experienced investors like myself, and taught many new ones just how unpredictable the markets can be from year to year. Our team expects the markets to continue to be volatile in the first half of 2023, but with a declining rate versus 2022. As the year progresses, both stock and bond markets should begin looking through 2022 actions of our Fed and other central banks and the economic slowdown they are causing. Factoring in variables such as higher real interest rates, slowing inflation, and reduced 2023 earnings estimates. Markets and investors should begin looking through the valley towards the other side where companies' marginal return on capital troughs and capital investment begins to improve. Let's call 4,300 an optimistic initial target for the S&P 500 sometime in the first half of 2023 if the Fed slows its pace and the markets can exhale and look across the valley. With the volatility of both stocks and bonds in the public financial markets experienced in 2022, our investment team recommends that you get on the phone and give our Oak Harvest team a call and ask to speak to one of our financial advisors and planners. Set up a meeting and sit down with our team and let us walk you through how the sequence of your returns can affect your retirement plan every bit or more than the average investment return your current advisor is generating you. Give us a call here at 877-896-0040 and give our whole team a chance to help you with your retirement allocation and we'll model your cash needs and maybe a few of your greeds into and through your retirement years. For myself, Troy and Jessica, and the rest of our growing Oak Harvest team, we're here to help you. Have a blessed weekend and a fantastic new year. All content contained within Oak Harvest podcast expresses the views of the speaker and is for informational purposes only. It is based on information believed to be reliable when created, but any cited data, indicators, statistics, or other sources are not guaranteed. The views and opinions expressed herein may change without notice. Strategies and ideas discussed may not be right for you, and nothing in this podcast should be considered as personalized investment, tax or legal advice, or an offer or solicitation to buy or sell securities. Indexes such as the S&P 500 are not available for direct investment, and your investment results may differ when compared to an index. Specific portfolio actions or strategies discussed will not apply to all client portfolios. Investing involves the risk of loss, and past performance is not indicative of future results.